Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of Land Grant Holy Land's flagship podcast, Hangout in the Holy Land. I am your host, Gene Ross, and joining me once again are my two lovely co-hosts, Josh Dooley and Justin Golba. How are we doing today, boys? Josh, we'll start with you. Uh, I'm doing well. I don't know how many times I've been called lovely, but I'm going to take it as a compliment, especially, uh, you know, given my appearance, I've heard worse. So uh, happy to be with you guys, ready for round two here. And uh, yeah, let's get into it. <laughs> Sounds good to me. And Justin, what about you? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. I just hope everybody out there had a great Mother's Day weekend and ready to get into a new week and keep moving forward. Yes, we are recording this on Mother's Day, so happy belated Mother's Day to all the Buckeye moms out there when you listen to this on Wednesday. But we've got some fun stuff to talk about today, uh, including a chat about this year's freshman class of Buckeyes. But before we do that, I wanted to touch on one of the bigger news stories from Ohio State uh, this week, and that is the addition of two new commits in the 2022 class. So last week, Ohio State landed two prospects, starting with three-star athlete Kai Stokes uh, last Sunday, and then three-star cornerback Ryan Turner that same Wednesday. Both guys hail out of Florida, giving the Buckeyes now three total commits in the class from the Sunshine State, uh, including uh, five-star corner Jaheim Singletary, who has been in the fold for a little bit now. Uh, now, these are two guys who aren't as highly rated as some of the usual suspects we're used to seeing give a verbal pledge to Ohio State, especially this early in the game, uh, with Turner coming in as the nation's number 35 corner and the number 381 player overall in the class, and Stokes rated as the number 49 athlete and number 558 player overall. Uh, Stokes is listed as an athlete, but he's expected to play safety when he arrives in Columbus. However, both of these guys are currently just three-star prospects. They were both players who received a ton of interest from all around the country, from a lot of the other big schools, big names in college football, not just Ohio State. And we saw, you know, wide receiver Kion Gray's uh, was rated a three-star when his buzz and uh, between him and Ohio State just started. And, you know, since he's committed to the Buckeyes, he's worked his way up to a four-star recruit. Uh, he's now the number 19 wideout and a top 150 player. And I think we could see kind of similar rises for Stokes and Turner. I think Ohio State's, you know, uh, player scouting department is a little more advanced than some of these other schools. And in a time where uh, COVID has not allowed as much in-person recruiting and the ability to, like, visit these kids at their colleges, I think that, you know, Ohio State's done a really good job of kind of finding these diamond-in-the-rough prospects that they know will rise uh, later in the recruiting process. And so I think these are, you know, two good players that could see definite, definite rises in their recruitments. What do you guys think of uh, the new additions? Yeah, so Gene, I'll jump in. Uh, you know, I've looked at some highlights of both of these guys and read a little bit about them. I'm a guy who is not, you know, a recruiting expert by any means, but I follow enough and I get excited when other people get excited about a prospect. So the one that I'm looking forward to seeing more and learning some more about is Ryan Turner. You know, he's a, a sprinter. He's about six foot 180. He's got a good build. I watched some highlights of him. Looks like he is capable of playing press. And really, when it comes to both of these guys, recruiting is subjective, right? It's all a guess on future development and all of that stuff. But I look at who else liked the guys? And both of these guys, in this case, Turner and Stokes, they were both recruited by the big SEC schools. You know, Turner was recruited hard by LSU, Georgia. Clemson was coming on late. Kai Stokes, again, SEC schools. Bama was coming after him. Notre Dame had made an offer. So when you look at it in that spectrum, it, it means that there's a consensus. There's some sort of group think that a lot of high-end coaches and developers think really highly of these guys. So uh, again, I, I'm excited about both. I think they'll both be late risers and Kerry Coombs and company, they know how to recruit DB. So really excited about these two guys. Yeah, I, I completely agree with what, uh, 
with what you guys are saying about especially Kai Stokes. He is someone that it looks like is definitely leaning towards the higher end of that kind of three-star, low four-star, and can only rise up as he gets uh, kind of, you know, a little bit deeper into his high school career. You know, he's listed as an athlete, but I think most people agree he's probably going to play safety or maybe defensive back for Iowa State, but probably safety, especially when we look at his highlights. He's a guy who can plug the gaps. He's a guy who can really hit hard, and he's, you know, we played offense obviously in high school as well. So he's a, he's a dynamic player who's always on the field. Um, someone that's, you know, extremely fun to watch. And I think including Ryan Turner, um, you know, like, like, uh, like Josh said, you know, it's always fun when you see these guys that have the Alabama offers, the Auburn offers, the Clemson offers, the, you know, the SEC schools and the top schools and, you know, Ohio state gets a couple of them. Uh, I'm not huge into stars. Obviously the five stars are fun to get, but even the guys that are three or four stars, um, that's still incredibly impressive. And, especially these guys that come out of Florida uh, because there's so much talent on the field at all times. They're basically playing in a college football game in high school. So, um, you know, you know, they have the experience, you know, they have the talent and you just got to, you know, I trust at this point, I think Kerry Coombs and, and that staff has earned our, has earned our trust in terms of just, you know, letting them go get who, who they think is viable and, letting them grow and, and grow in that defense. Yeah. And as you said, Justin, you know, Ohio State's had a ton of success recruiting in Florida. A lot of the guys they've gotten from there have panned out quite well. And, you know, in terms of stars mattering, you know, obviously they, they do matter, but they don't at the same time because you'll have uh, Ohio State's ability to develop their players is better than almost any other place in the country. Obviously, you know, we have currently uh, Chris Olave was a three-star recruit and now he's going to be, you know, one of the top wide receivers taken in next year's draft. So, just because you're a three-star prospect doesn't mean you can't become a star at the next level. And obviously, reloading the defensive secondary is always important. And now the Buckeyes have two more guys they can add to that room in addition to, you know, the aforementioned uh, Jaheim Singletary and four-star corner Jair Brown. So the Buckeyes have four total DBs already committed in 2022 after they brought in five guys in 2021. So clearly, you know, Kerry Combs and Matt Barnes are uh, looking to reload that room. And after we what we saw from Ohio State secondary in 2020, there's a... Uh, there's definitely a reason to want to do that and make sure they bring in as much talent as possible moving forward. Now, moving on to a player that Ohio State did not get this past week, we should briefly discuss um, transfer linebacker Henry Tuotuo. I'm probably butchering that name, so I'm just going to call him Henry the rest of the time just to play it safe. But either way, the transfer portal has kind of become its own recruiting grounds in, in its own right. There's, you know, there's been a lot of big names that move programs the last couple of years as the transfer portal has gotten more and more popular. And Henry was one of the top players overall in the portal this year. Um, he's a former high four-star prospect. He played his first two seasons at Tennessee and was really one of, if not the best player on that volunteer defense. He was an all-SEC player and a guy that really like was growing in confidence and played tremendous his first two years. And you know, OSU for a while there looked like they were really building a momentum with him. Um, there were a couple people on the Ohio State beat that really, you know, thought that he was going to land at Ohio State. He had received a crystal crystal ball to Ohio State a little while ago, but ultimately that will not be the case as he has since decided to transfer to Alabama. And you know, personally, I thought the Buckeyes had a really good shot at Henry, especially since the SEC has been kind of dragging its feet on relaxing its transfer rules, and the Big Ten had already kind of done so. But, you know, nonetheless, it doesn't seem like Ryan Day will be landing that big name transfer that he's been so good at getting in his short time at Ohio State. Obviously, in the past, you know, Jonah Jackson and, of course, Justin Fields making huge impacts. Um, do you guys have any thoughts specifically about the uh, the 202 decision? Yeah, you know, I I promised myself I wasn't going to say ta-ta to 202, but here we are. Um, look, you know, we never had him in the fold. It was a transfer. It was a bit of a long shot anyway, although it, it seemed like we had a better chance as time went on. But you can't miss what you never had, right? And so we have to rely on what we have 
in-house in the program to fill these linebacker spots. And I think we're going to be fine. Tua Tua was, you know, freshman All-American, 22 starts. So it would have been great to have him come in. But we're going to play a lot of two linebacker sets. And when you look at some of the experience we have, it's not starting starting experience, sorry, but, you know, T. Mitchell, Dallas Gantt, three, three years in the program. They know what we're about. And so I expect those guys to step up and, you know, Henry will hopefully be an afterthought uh, sooner than later. Yeah. Um, you know, it would obviously, you know, anytime you can get a, a high transfer recruit, especially out of the SEC with, um, you know, coming, you know, guy that was 72 tackles his freshman year, 76 his sophomore year was only getting better. Uh, would have been nice, but, you know, as Josh said, there's still some talent on that defense for us, obviously. For Iowa State, you know, you have guys like Zach Harrison and T. Mitchell who, um, you know, guys who are you really expecting to make that jump this year to, uh, you know, top players on the defense and maybe even in the conference. So, um, you know, obviously it's, it's it's great to have talent. No one, Nobody would have said, oh, no, to him coming to Ohio State. But um, I think, like you said, as long as you can still – there's two recruiting fronts at this point. One of them is the transfer portal and one of them is the – obviously the high school portal, I guess you call it at this point, but um, as long as you can get one of them and continue to get top talent from one of them, you'll be fine. And I don't think it's going to be too big of a deal. Uh, obviously, you know, it's kind of weird to keep losing guys to Alabama with Jameson Williams last week and now Henry this week, but um, I don't think it's going to make too much of a difference in the long run. Yeah, he, he would have been a nice addition, but I don't think it's anything that's going to derail Ohio State season at all. And you guys both kind of touched on already, but Ohio State's linebackers have kind of been a big topic of discussion overall this offseason now that you know, Pete Werner, Baron Browning, and Tuff Borland have all moved on. So the Buckeyes will be replacing all three stars at linebacker. However, as Josh touched on, they are moving to a 4-2-5 formation, which means they only need really two true linebackers on the field at once at any given time, in addition to the bullet position that we were promised in the past but never quite got. Um, we're expecting the two stunning linebackers to be Taraja Mitchell and Dallas Gantt. But who have been waiting, uh, both of them waiting quite some time to earn those jobs behind all those guys I mentioned that have moved on after playing for seemingly 20 years. But obviously a lot can happen between now and August. Uh, what do you guys think overall of the current state of Ohio State's linebacker room uh, in addition to, you know, like Mitchell and Gantt seem to be the clear, the top two. But, you know, there's there's some guys that have been kind of making a name for themselves in the offseason. And, you know, there's a lot, a lot of practices between now and then. So we'll see what happens. But what do you guys think of the, the current state of the linebacker unit? My hope is that we don't see a drop off like we saw, unfortunately, with the secondary last year. You know, previous to that, we lost a lot of um, talent out of the secondary. And that turnover led to a lot of problems. We had Sean Wade playing in sort of a different position. Seven Banks stepping up. He was sort of inexperienced. Same thing with the safety. So, I hope that we don't see the same drop off when it comes to the linebackers. You know, we're losing, shoot, it seems like 24 years of experience uh, from the three, four or five guys that left. And so, again, you've got guys who have been in the program, but they don't have the playing experience. They've got all the talent in the world. We recruited them for a reason, but I'm really interested to see what they can do. That's really the only way I can put it. I don't have expectations one way or another. I do think that these guys have, like I said, have a bunch of talent, but they need reps. They obviously need to stay healthy. Dallas Gantt is not that right now. And we'll probably have somebody step up who we're not naming, who we're forgetting about, whether that's a Cody Simon or somebody else. So it's a lot of unknown. And so being interested is kind of the best way I can put it. 
Yeah, interested is, is definitely the best way to put it because it definitely is the biggest question mark. You know, you never worry about their front four or five. Those guys are always set. There's always stars. I'm not worried about the secondary this year. There's guys, a lot of guys coming back and a lot of experience now. Um, but yeah, the linebackers are the question mark of the defense. I would be a lot more worried if this was last year where we didn't have much of an offseason and these guys kind of just were thrown into the fire. Um, because for these linebackers, this spring and the summer is going to be huge for them to evolve into their positions and get comfortable um, because there's a lot of new guys. I mean, obviously, T. Mitchell is the guy everybody's kind of been waiting on to see. Um, he was the big recruit, and, you know, now he's a, he's a senior, so it's, it's time, you know, this is his last chance to really show what he has. So um, I don't think it's a huge – I don't think it's a huge worry. I don't think the linebacker position is one. If I had to pick – uh, a level that would be weak in for my team in college football at this point, it would be my linebackers. Um, you know, I, I, they're ob obviously everybody's important on the field, but um, I don't think that if, if you have linebackers that not weak, but are learning and are new and are trying to evolve into the position, I think it's one that um, especially with the defense Ohio state plays that they can get past and, and use the first couple games, especially um, even though it's not easy because their second game is Oregon, but learn and kind of get more in depth and into that defense and really try to um, grow and evolve as, as the season moves on. Yeah. And there will be a little bit of trial by fire this year with those first two games coming against uh, Minnesota and Oregon. It's an unusual kind of fast paced start that we usually see against, you know, the more of the cupcake schedule that they'd usually play at the beginning of the year. But Either way, I agree with you guys. I think they're in pretty good shape. You know, Gant and Mitchell have both shown flashes in limited time. I also think guys like, you know, Cody Simon and Tommy Eichenberger are guys who could push for playing time this year. I think they've both gotten a lot of love from the coaching staff this offseason. They're working really hard to get in shape. So I think Ohio State overall is very good. I'm really high on Craig Young, who I think is probably going to start at bullet rather than linebacker, but I think he's going to be a really tremendous player for this team and a guy who could potentially change the look of that defense overall and really make us feel the presence of that bullet. But I'm sure we'll, you know, I'm sure in the future we'll have a specific podcast all about the bullet now that that's a, a big thing at Ohio State that they're finally incorporating that into their defense. But yeah, I agree with both of you guys that they're not. It is the first time in a while we've had you know this kind of turnover at linebacker, but I think they'll be they'll be in pretty good shape over there. Speaking of fresh faces we're going to see this year, we did want to switch gears a bit here and talk about some of the new players you'll be seeing on the field for Ohio State this year on both sides of the ball. The Buckeyes signed 21 total players in their 2021 class that ranked number two in the country, and they actually could still add one more. Uh, Five-star defensive end JT Tuimalau is still yet to make his decision, so there's a chance that he joins the fold as well. He's been in Ohio State lean for a little bit, but we'll see what happens there down the line. That'll probably be a, a mid to late summer decision. But we got guys already here. Uh, we expect a good handful of them to make an impact right away. And since we're already talking about the defense, uh, we might as well start there. Uh, who do you guys think, you know, as, a, as one of the freshmen coming in this year, uh, who's a freshman on defense that Ohio State fans should really be on the lookout for? I mean, is it by default Jack Sawyer? Does anybody have anybody else to mention? Uh, you know, I've got some guys written down, but I'd be interested to hear what you guys have to say first. I mean, mine is Jack Sawyer. I mean, just it wouldn't be because it's the obvious answer, but then I watched the spring game. And I was like, okay, this he is ready to go right now. You know, there's no, there's absolutely no uh, time that I think he needs to get ready for the college game. And um, I would say somebody else, like probably before the spring game, just because he's the obvious pick. But then I watched the spring game and, you know, he, sometimes the obvious pick is the right answer. He, he's the one I want to see so much, so bad. 
Yeah, and it's tough to, you know, you don't want to overreact too much to the spring game, but but Jack Sawyer just looks like a dog out there. I mean, he had a ton of sacks in the spring game, and this is a kid who opted out his last season of high school football and hasn't even, like, played in, like, over a year, and the last time he did play, he was playing, like, quarterback for his team. So the fact that he's this, like, technically sound and ready to go right off the bat is a is a really good sign. You know, we've obviously all heard the comparisons of him to the Bosa brothers, and that's, you know, lofty expectations for a freshman. But from what we've seen so far and from all the hype he's gotten, I think it's, you know, it's not too unrealistic to see a really big impact season from Jack Sawyer in his freshman year, especially given, you know, Ohio State's defensive ends. I think he'll, you know, he probably won't start. It'll probably be Tyreek Smith and Zach Harrison on the ends, but I think you'll see a lot of, uh, of uh, Jack Sawyer this year. Yeah, so I I didn't think there would be a whole lot of debate, and there's not Jack Sawyer's number one for me, but I did jot down notes on a couple other guys, and I'd be interested to catch your um, opinion on it. Due to the kind of inexperience or uncertainty in the DB room, I wrote down that Ja'Kalen Johnson and Jordan Hancock could both potentially see some reps. Now, I would have loved to have seen them come in as early enrollees, like most of the class did. These guys will not be here until the fall. Um, but again, going back to the fact that there are some inexperienced guys in the in the secondary, and these are both really high recruits. Uh, JJ was a five. I think Jordan Hancock was like a high four, if I'm not mistaken. But they were both, you know, super heralded recruits. So I'd be interested to hear your guys' opinion about some of those DBs or uh, maybe even another position where you could see some freshman earning roles. Yeah, Jordan Hancock is one that does kind of flip, uh, stand out to me because he is one that uh, high State flipped from Clemson. He's a track star in high school, so he's got he's got a lot of speed. He's only 6'1", which isn't obviously terrible for a cornerback, but uh, you know, some I think he can maybe be a little bit bigger. Obviously, he's in high school, so it's not ex- extremely uh un- unmatched to say that he'll probably get bigger, but um yeah, to flip a guy from Clemson is always fun. So I think that um, he's someone that I will really stand out for Ohio State early because of his speed. And uh, it'll be interesting to see, especially, as you said, with some of the um, kind of turnover they've had in the, in the secondary uh, to see if he does get some playing time. Yeah, and that, that secondary is a lot of, you know, unproven talent out there, you know, outside of seven banks who we expect to be the team's top corner. Uh, you, you got Cam Brown, who's coming back off an Achilles injury. We don't really quite know what he's going to look like this year. I'm hoping he, you know, obviously makes a full recovery, but he looked really good last year before he got hurt. Uh, so hopefully he can return to form. And then there's a bunch, you know, a bunch of unproven guys out there around them. And I do think someone like Jordan Hancock or Jaqueline Johnson could make a big impact in year one, if not, you know, as a starter, as a, as a rotational guy, because we know, you know, Kerry Combs likes to rotate his corners, especially when the, the talent gap isn't as big as it seems to be right now. So that could be definitely something to look forward to. But one guy that I'm actually looking out for and somebody that's kind of not talked about as much, but is a pretty highly rated recruit is defensive tackle Mike Hall. Uh, Mike Hall is the number two player in Ohio. He's a number five defensive tackle in the country and a top 52 player overall as a high four star. So he's a guy that is really highly rated and doesn't get a lot of height, but he's a big dude. He's strong up the middle. You know, Ohio State loves those big, strong defensive tackles. We've seen a bunch of them come through the program in the last few years, and a lot of them make their way to the NFL. And, you know, with Tommy Togiai off the NFL, you, you just really have Haskell Garrett as the one proven guy in that defensive tackle room. And, you know, there, there's the Teron Vincents and the, the other guys in the middle that, you know, have been previously highly rated but haven't really showed it on the field. And, and I think Mike Hall is a guy that can make a big impact on that defensive line this year, you know, right next to uh, Jack Sawyer. But 
Switching off to the offense, the Buckeyes also brought in a ton of talent there, including the nation's number one wide receiver in Emeka Ibuka and the nation's number one running back in Travion Henderson. So, you know, there, there's those guys, there's a bunch of guys that are lower than them that are making, that are turning some heads in practice. So who do you guys think is uh, someone to look out for among the freshman players on offense? You said Travion Henderson. He's number one for me, for sure. Um, you know, I see him at a minimum contributing a thousand total yards and eight to 10 touchdowns. If I had to throw a number out there, he, he reminds me a lot of JK Dobbins. They're built very similar. Um, you know, I think Travion's what, like five, 10, five, 11, 200 pounds explosive. When you watch highlights and stuff like that, um, he cuts well, he just, he seems like he kind of knows what he's doing back there as a, as a young running back. And I think the thing that's really exciting about him too is, he seems a little bit more versatile than maybe a master Teague or a Mayan Williams. Um, we have not had a great pass catcher out of the backfield in a while, at least one that comes to mind for me. So that's something that it looks like Trayvon Henderson can do. And I think that I don't know that he's going to start right away, but I see him being the biggest contributor playing time wise as one of those freshman skill position guys. Yeah, mine's uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Um, being the son of one of the greatest receivers ever is definitely an eye-catching kind of thing, and people are going to watch him. But he's really stood out in the spring game to me on the offensive side, just very crisp in his route running. Very, It seems like he was very comfortable, um, you know, and obviously having Kyle McCord there, who they were high school teammates. Um, I don't think McCord will be the starter, but I do think we'll see some of him. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how they evolve together at Ohio State, um, the quarterback room is insanely complicated right now, especially with Queen Ewers coming in next year. But I'm sure we'll see some of Kyle McCord. And uh, Martin Harrison Jr. looked fantastic. I think he's being a little slightly overlooked just because of how good that receiving room is with obviously Olave Wilson, then you have Julian Fleming and Jackson Smith and Jigba. And then you have Emeka um, Bukas, who is, you know, the number one recruit in the country for receivers. So, you know, he, he'll get some playing time, he'll get some options, and he'll get some chances to really prove himself as a freshman. And, you know, he had a lot of flashes of his, of his pops when I was watching him in a spring game, for sure. Yeah, Justin, um, you know, you brought up Kyle McCord, and I'll just jump in real quick and say I wouldn't be surprised to see him play. It seems like CJ obviously has the, the nod going into fall camp and all that good stuff, but based on the spring game and just the fact that Kyle McCord is your prototypical kind of – pocket passer, 6'3", 215, 220, really strong arm. And I know I was reading one of Gene's pieces a while back. He referenced a comparison to Matt Stafford. You know, if you're looking for a, a prototype kind of guy, you'd love to have Matt Stafford. So he's kind of a dark horse for me. And I know that you guys will have something to say about him as well, but I'm glad you brought up Kyle McCord. I would not be surprised to see him play either. Yeah. Kyle McCord was actually the the guy that I was going to highlight. Um, I, I do think there's a pretty legitimate shot that he could earn this starting quarterback job, just given that he, he early enrolled, you know, he looked it really in the spring game looked like him and him and CJ Stroud were one, a one B. It doesn't look like there's too much separation there. And Ryan Day is going to have some tough, as you kind of brought up with Quinn Ewers coming in next year, Ryan Day is going to have a bunch of tough decisions both this year and next year in his quarterback room deciding who's going to get that starting job. And, I mean, it's a good problem to have. We can't really complain about Ohio State having too many good quarterbacks. 
Uh, but, you know, it, it is going to be some tough decisions in there. I do think Kyle McCord has a very legitimate shot of winning that job. He's looked very strong. He doesn't really, you know, look like the typical freshman who's lost out there. He looks looks pretty strong. So we'll, we'll have to see. Though. There's going to be a lot of quarterback discourse this offseason. We're not really probably going to know until, you know, a couple weeks before, if not, you know, the, the week of the game who's starting for Ohio State. But I do think McCord is a name to watch out for. And just doubling back to – Marvin Harrison Jr., he's another guy that I think is going to, you know, he, he's going to play a lot more than people probably thought when he first stepped on campus. And I think it's pretty telling, you know, just how much we've heard about him, uh, especially with all the other talent Ohio State has at wide receiver, that, you know, this guy that's an, a, a high four-star is getting all this hype when he's surrounded by, you know, the the cl- past few classes, number one overall wide receivers and five-star guys, and then Chris Olave thrown in that mix. So I think it's pretty telling. Uh, to see how much he's been talked about and just how well he's been doing in practice, that he is going to get some playing time this year. So, yeah, I mean, there's a lot, a lot of guys to look out for out there. Anybody, uh, anything else that you guys want to mention about you know freshmen on either side of the ball that you know maybe some dark horse guys or someone else you're you're looking forward to seeing? Yeah, so I, I just want to throw it out there: we're missing somebody. We're missing somebody who's probably a guaranteed starter and a contributor. Um, Definitely uh, off the beaten path, but do you guys know who I'm referencing? Uh, it's Jesse Murko, baby. We're oh. gonna we're <laughs> gonna need scrolling a punter. Like, oh. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're gonna have to punt at some point, and you know, Mirko seems like the favorite to win that job. I know they have one other punter on the roster, so not the most popular pick, but the Aussie style kicker is a freshman that I would expect to contribute potentially 100% in his position. Yeah, that is true. If you're placing bets on which Ohio State freshman is probably going to start 100% of the time in his position, Jesse Murko is probably the safest bet on the list. So that's a, that's a good call on that one. I, I like that. Yeah, so um, other than that, I think that's pretty much it. We're obviously, you know, all these things we're talking about, you know, the running back uh, competition, the quarterback competition, I'm sure we'll have, you know, an episode specifically dedicated to these moving forward. But, you know, we just want to kind of give a general overview of the freshmen as we're talking about, you know, some of the other Ohio State recruits that are coming in 2022. It's good to talk about the uh, 2021 class. Uh, we'll have a bunch of stuff written up on all those guys as well. You know, if, we, if you check out landgrandholyland.com, uh, we have our freshman focus series where you can, you know, see write-ups of these guys. We're still going through a couple of them. I think we have like uh, six or seven left to do, but we have most of them already done. So if you want to get a little background on all these guys and see what they got going for them. I would recommend checking that out. Also, you know, check out anything that uh, Justin and Josh are writing these days. They're just getting started, but they're they're writing some good content out there. I'm loving to see it. So definitely check out landgrandholyland.com. we got a lot of good stuff coming out for you guys. And uh, other than that, I think that's our show for the day. Be sure to listen and download the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, leave us a review on Apple. Let us know how we're doing and what you want to see moving forward. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Holy Land Pod and hit us up on there if there's anything you'd like us to talk about or if you just want to you know, yell at us on Twitter. That's always cool. Uh, there's a new tipping feature on Twitter. I don't know how to get that working, but once I do, I'd, I'd appreciate some tips as well. Uh, I'm going to shamelessly plug that. and uh, Every week, every week. Yes, every week I'm going to shamelessly tip that once I figure I don't know if you could do it yet. I think it's like certain accounts, but if we're able to do it, you you damn well be sure we're doing it. Um, but other than that, yeah, th- thank you for listening as always. And uh, for Josh, Julie, and Justin Golba, I'm Gene Ross, and we will see you next Wednesday.